was the Messiah. And so we have been looking through these. This is the sixth one. Uh, our final one will be next week. Um, and I thought I'd read you the story, but it's a whole chapter. And you don't want to listen to me for a whole chapter, do you? So, <laughs> I've got a video. <laughs> and uh, it literally is, the, it's read to us. So enjoy, um, and I'll see you in half an hour. As he went along, he saw a man blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Neither this man nor his parents sinned, said Jesus. But this happened so that the works of God might be displayed in him. As long as it is day, we must do the works of him who sent me. Night is coming, when no one can work. While I am in the world, I am the light of the world. After saying this, he spat on the ground, made some mud with the saliva, and put it on the man's eyes. in the pool of Siloam. This word means scent. So the man went and washed. and those who had formerly seen him begging asked, Isn't this the same man who used to sit and beg? Some claimed that he was. Others said, No, he only looks like him. But he himself insisted, I am the man. How then were your eyes opened, they asked. He replied, The man they called Jesus made some mud and put it on my eyes. He told me to go to Siloam and wash. So I went and washed. And then... I could see. Where is this man? They asked him. I don't know, he said. They brought to the Pharisees the man who had been blind. Now the day on which Jesus had made the mud and opened the man's eyes was a Sabbath. Therefore, the Pharisees also asked him how he had received his sight. He put mud on my eyes, the man replied, and I washed, and now I see. Some of the Pharisees said, This man is not from God, for he does not keep the Sabbath. But others asked, 
How can a sinner perform such signs? So they were divided. Then they turned again to the blind man. What have you to say about him? It was your eyes he opened. The man replied, He is a prophet. They still did not believe that he had been blind and had received his sight until they sent for the man's parents. Is this your son? they asked. Is this the one you say was born blind? How is it that now he can see? We know he is our son, the parents answered, and we know he was born blind. But how he can see now, or who opened his eyes, we don't know. Ask him. He is of age. He will speak for himself. His parents said this because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders, who already had decided that anyone who acknowledged that Jesus was the Messiah would be put out of the synagogue. That was why his parents said, He is of age. Ask him. A second time they summoned the man who had been blind. Give glory to God by telling the truth, they said. We know this man is a sinner. He replied, Whether he is a sinner or not, I don't know. One thing I do know, I was blind, but now I see. Then they asked him, What did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? He answered, I have told you already, and you did not listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you want to become his disciples too? Then they hurled insults at him and said, You are this fellow's disciple. We are disciples of Moses. We know that God spoke to Moses, but as for this fellow, we don't even know where he comes from. The man answered, Now that is remarkable. You don't know where he comes from, yet he opened my eyes. We know that God does not listen to sinners. He listens to the godly person who does his will. Nobody has ever heard of opening the eyes of a man born blind. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. To this they replied, You were steeped in sin at birth. How dare you lecture us? And they threw him out. Jesus heard that they had thrown him out, and when he found him, he said, Do you believe in the Son of Man? Who is he, sir? the man asked. Tell me, so that I may believe in him. Jesus said, You have now seen him. In fact, he is the one speaking with you. Then the man said, Lord, I believe, and he worshipped him. Jesus said, For judgment I have come into this world, so that the blind will see, and those who see will become blind. Some Pharisees who were with him heard him say this and asked, What? Are we blind too? Jesus said, If you were blind, you would not be guilty of sin. But now that you claim you can see, your guilt remains. A lot easier than me reading it. I hope that helps. I hope that sort of gives you some sort of picture of what, what it would have been like. Um, when I was a child, um, we didn't go to church. Um, and my, 
my uncle, my dad's younger brother, came to stay. He's, he was a year older than me. Um, and as he came to stay, he was a Catholic. And so my dad said, could you take him to the Catholic church? Um, but I was told by my uncle that I wouldn't be allowed in because I wasn't a Catholic, therefore wasn't welcome. And I thought, oh, okay, not welcome by God, I get it. So I took him to the Catholic church. He went in, I kicked a ball around, he came out, I took him home, and my dad said to him, I was church. And he smiled, he says, that wasn't the Catholic church. My dad went, how did you know that? And he said, because there was a woman uh, minister at the front. We don't have them in the Catholic Church. (laughs) It was close. I thought it was close enough. (laughs) But this idea that I wasn't welcome was was a bit strange. You know, if you were blind in Jesus' day, you weren't welcome in the temple. You weren't allowed to go in. You weren't allowed to go in with faults. If you were disabled, you were not welcome. That's why he, he, this man's gone along. He's got, he's got no option but to beg. He has no way, or no way of having an income. So he would beg outside the temple. And then the disciples come along with a stupid question. Who sinned? This man or his parents that he's born blind? If it was this man, you're talking what? A baby in the womb? How can a baby in the womb sin? And Jesus says, no, neither. Neither. This man was born blind so that he can experience God. A man, not welcome in the temple, left outside, begging would have felt a bit invisible, people going past, not able to interact because you can't see. Sometimes we feel a bit invisible, don't we? Sometimes we think that we, we don't count, we don't matter. There's times when it feels like things are happening around us and it doesn't seem to be affecting us. But you do matter. Every one of you matter to God. It says that God knows us, knows when we sit down and when we rise up, knows where we go. There's nowhere we can flee from him. Even tells us that he knows how many hairs are on our head, what we think about, what we do in secret. He knows all about us. He's interested in you. You're not invisible to him. He is your father. Jesus told a story of a father waiting for his son to come home. That's what you are like to him. And Jesus spits on the ground. I love it. Remember those bracelets we used to have in the 90s? It used to say, WWJD, what would Jesus do? Um, who's, who's on prayers today? Agnes oh, and Sarah, okay. We're going to do some spitting. No, we're not. <laughs> but it's, it's, it's hard to get your mind around. He spits on the ground and sticks his fingers in it. That is not a custom that happened uh, uh, with the Jewish people. 
That would have been a, a custom that may, maybe happened with the pagans, but it certainly would have happened with, with, with the Israelites. He spits in the ground and then sticks his fingers in it and makes two little mud pies. You can imagine the blind guy going, who's spitting at me? What's going on? What's going on? And he takes these two little things, walks over and in his eyes. Go wash in the pool. Too right you'd be washing in a pool. He's done this. The pool of Siloam. It wasn't that long ago. And I've been trying to work it out in my Bible. Chapter 7. I'm sure chapter 7 might have happened the same day as chapter 9. There's a festival going on. It's the festival of the tabernacles. Um, and and so, so everyone's up at Jerusalem. Jesus is turned up there. And, and part of the festival is they, they go down to the pool of Siloam and they, they take some water and they bring it up and they, put it, they take it and they pour it over the altar. Everyone's there watching. And in a big voice, Jesus shouts out, anyone who comes to me who is thirsty, they will never thirst again. There's this debate going on about who, who, who Jesus is. Is he just a man who's religious? Is he, is he more than that? Is he a prophet? Is he the Messiah? And, 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 and there are lots of things. It's like Jesus is giving them clues and hints. Anyone comes to me who's thirsty. And the people, some of the people believe. Some of them people really do think he's a Messiah. But others, they're not quite sure. But the religious leaders, they're not in it at all. So this guy's neighbors and friends are celebrating him with him. Never been to temple. Can you imagine where the first place you'd want to go? To the temple, but then you have to prove that you've been healed. So what do you do to prove that you've been healed? You go and see some religious people. He, they took him to the Pharisees. He's been healed. Can he go in the temple? It's, it's normal. You can see. And they're like, what do you mean you can see? And he says, oh, I've been healed. Who healed you? Jesus healed me. Now, there's an issue here. It's the Sabbath. And... They can't see the miracle for the breaking of their rules. They're missing out in the joy of God for their religious, their religiousness of all. So they bring them before him. Now, the Pharisees have three problems with Jesus. One, if he was a Messiah, he wouldn't be Jesus of Nazareth, would he? Because the Messiah doesn't come from up north. The Messiah comes from down south. He comes from a place called Bethlehem. So it doesn't work for them. In their head, Jesus of Nazareth cannot be Messiah. The second problem is he keeps breaking their rules. Every time something happens that Jesus does, he does it on the Sabbath. And it drives them mental. It's like we've got rules and you're breaking our rules. And he's like, well, actually, you'll find that the Sabbath's about me and it's my rule. And, 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 and the thing. But the third thing, and this is, imagine the thing, it really winds him up. He can do miracles. If he's sent from God, 
then he can do miracles. But if he's not from God, this shouldn't be possible. And we're in this debate, and it's driving them wild. Who is this guy? What is he doing? So they bring this man before, before them and says, well, how can you see? Well, Jesus healed me. Now, you've got to think that, that Jesus, uh, one of the phrases is said, do you think this man is more important than our, our prophet Moses? And, and if I was that guy, I'd be going, absolutely. Why? Because he tells us. Moses goes up the mountain meets with God and comes down with some new rules. Here's the rules from God. Jesus takes the people up a mountain, sits down and teaches them what? New rules from God. You've heard it say, but I tell you. A bit like Moses. Moses, the people are hungry. So praise to God and God sends bread from heaven. The people are hungry. They come to Jesus and Jesus takes some bread and he breaks it, gives thanks and feeds the people bread. Later on in his teaching, he says, I am the bread of life. Is it the tabernacle? Sorry, is it the, the, at the, the, the festival of tabernacles and he takes the water and he says, Anyone who comes to me will never thirst again. Remember Moses? The people go to Moses. We need something to drink. And God says to Moses, take your staff and touch the rock. And Moses, so annoyed at the people, smacks the rock and water comes from it. But Jesus says, anyone who's thirsty, to drink the water I give them, they'll never thirst again. Jesus is greater than Moses and points this out again and again. And the whole question is, who is this Jesus? To the point that that's probably what's going all the way around the country. To the point of even his disciples who've been with him, seeing all the great things he does, still in their mind have to answer this question. Who is Jesus? And Jesus asked them one day, who do you think I am? And they said, well, some of the people say that you're John the Baptist. Some other think that you're, you're like the prophet Elijah. And he says, yeah, yeah, but who do you think we are? And Peter says, we, we, we think that you're the Messiah, son of the living God. And Jesus is almost like, ta-da, you got it. And on that truth, and on that, I will build my church. But it doesn't matter what other people think. It matters what you think. In God's kingdom, Rob Parsons used to say this all the time, in God's kingdom, God does not have grandchildren. He only has children. It doesn't matter what your parents think, it's what you think that matters. He doesn't have grandchildren, just children. Do you believe in Jesus. Do you believe who he said he is? And I love it for this man to bring his parents in. Drags his parents, we've got three questions for you. Is this your son? Oh, that's an easy one. Yep. Um, was he blind? Oh, yes. And, and how can he see? 
Can you see? Oh, you didn't leave like that this morning. Why don't you ask him? He's of age. Because they didn't want to say that he was the Messiah. Because if they said that, they were in trouble. We used to have next door neighbors. He, he was a policeman, and she was a manager in Sainsbury's. And we, we, we had children similar age, so we'd walk the kids together back and forth to school. It was great. We became really good friends. We used to have meals out in the lawn between, between the gardens. It was really good fun. And then we decided to go on holiday, so we invited the neighbors to come. And so they came. And on the first day, his phone rang. And he put it to his ear. And he laughed. And he hung up. And then a couple hours later, same thing happened. The phone rings. He puts it to his ears. Laughs. Hangs up. And it goes on for a while. And I went, what's all these phone calls? What's so funny? You don't speak. You just laugh and hang up. He goes, some of my colleagues at work, they think that you've taken us to a Christian camp. And you said, and they're phoning up saying kumbaya on my phone. <laughs> that's, that's all they're doing all day long is kumbaya. A few months later, there's a film that comes out at the cinema called Hot Fuzz. Anyone seen that one? Simon Pegg. It's based on, um, on, on uh, like the fictional town is based on uh, the police training program, everything in it. So, uh, so the police, um, his group of policemen, I'm trying to think what they're called. So all the armed response policemen in, in his, his, his area are going to the film. And so he says, Steve, do you want to come? Now, when I started to invite him, it was a bit of embarrassing to hang with, with Steve, you know what I mean, go, go camping, you know what I mean, the Kumbaya instance. But now he's inviting me to meet the rest of his, his work colleagues. So we're in this pub before the film, and I'm, I'm having a drink with his, his squad, and this guy leans over and he goes, I don't know you. I went, oh, I'm Steve, hi. He goes, so, where do you work? I went, oh, I'm not a policeman. He went, oh, good, I thought I, thought I would have recognised you. I went, no, I'm a sort of like a minister, a vicar type thing. He went, shut up. And then he swore at me <laughs> in a funny way. And then I said, no, I really am. And I said, Brian. And he said, what? What do I do as a job? And Brian just went, just went, why? He went, really? We have a job. And our job is to tell the world that Jesus is the Messiah. That he really is the Son of God. That's our role to do. He asked us to take this message to the far ends of the world. And sometimes that can be a bit difficult, can be a bit embarrassing. But that's what we're asked to do. To stand up and tell our story. To share our experiences with people. And sometimes it can be a bit scary. Sometimes it can be a bit embarrassing. But that's what he wants of us. You know, it wasn't long after I'd met with that squad, then I had a phone call from the police station from one of the policemen to say that he'd just witnessed a horrendous accident and he can't get images out of his mind, but I go and pray with him. And suddenly it's now starting to, to go through the police. I also got 
there was a policeman who used to park in my car park, the church's car park, and then go and pick up this policeman and take him to work. He'd been doing it for weeks, and I knew it was his car. And so I bought a fake clamp and put it on his tyre and put a sticker on his window inside saying, gotcha. <laughs> he found it amusing. But he came to church too. His parents were scared to say anything. But this blind man, as he's leaving, he bumps into Jesus. And Jesus reveals himself to him. And the thing that convinces me more than anything else is he does something that no Jew would ever do. What does he do? He worships Jesus. A Jew would have been brought up never to even have an image of someone in their pocket. Remember when Jesus says, whose image is on that coin? Something Jews didn't do was graven images of anyone. They would never worship anyone because there's only one God. But here this man has discovered who Jesus is, the Messiah, and it says he worships him. He discovers that this Jesus is God himself and he can't but worship. Maybe you're here and you've never discovered that. Maybe you're at home and you've never discovered that and you're hearing this for the first time. Jesus wants you to realize that he really is God and he wants you to follow. I'm going to pray. If you've never prayed this, make this your prayer. So, Jesus, I thank you that you love me, that you see me, that you don't walk by, that you know how I live, how I think, how I do things. And I thank you as the Messiah, as the one who came to rescue, that you rescue me from my sins, that you make me right in God's eyes. And I pray that I will follow you for the rest of my life. Amen you've made that prayer, if you say that for the first time, then you need to see me today. That's important. If you're at home and say that for the first time, phone me today. It's important. That's how we start our relationship with Jesus.